I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. So the Capitals lead the Blue Jackets 3-2 with 11 minutes left in the second period. Alexander Ovechkin has scored in that game his 40th goal of the season. So... It's his 13th career 40-goal season that passes Wayne Gretzky for the most 40-goal seasons in the history of the National Hockey League. Gretzky obviously had 12. And at the age of 37, Ovechkin becomes the fifth player ever to score 40 goals in a season at the age of 37 or older. Here are the other four. Gordy Howe did it at the age of 40 in 68-69. Johnny Busick was 37 in 72-73. Brendan Shanahan was 37 in 05-06. And Phil Esposito was 37 in 78-79. So Ovechkin, of course, continues to put himself in elite company. Capitals leading the Blue Jackets 3-2 halfway through the second period. Late second period, Rangers up 1-0 on the Hurricanes, Panthers and Flyers in a 2-2 tie. Predators all over the Sabres tonight. Man, the Predators just will not go away. They're leading the Sabres 6-1 with two and a half minutes left in the second period. They have four goals in period two. No score after two between the Wild and the Devils. Five minutes left in the second period in Boston. Bruins up 2-1 on the Senators. Canadians lead the Lightning 3-1. That's with three minutes left in the second period. Late in the first, Jets up 2-0 on the Coyotes. Leafs and Islanders now 1-1 in the first minute of the second period. Four and a half left in the first in St. Louis. Blues with a 2-1 edge on the Red Wings. Still to come tonight, Golden Knights and Canucks. Flames at Ducks and Seattle at Dallas. So the uh, Pacific Division and the Oilers standing in it will be affected or at least the the range they have between certain teams will be affected based on the outcome of uh, those games and Calgary Winnipeg and Nashville all playing tonight so you gotta remember for the final playoff spot it's Winnipeg 81 Calgary 77 and Nashville 76 Nashville has three games in hand on both uh, Winnipeg and Calgary, so they are still alive despite trading away Matthias Ekholm and some other guys here along the way. Oilers and Coyotes tomorrow. It is a uh, rare midweek. Well, they're all rare if they start this late. The puck's not going to drop to like 8.52 or something like that. We're going to cover it. we got the face-off show starting at 7. I'll have uh, inside sports as well from 6 to 7 before we transition into the face-off show. Okay, he joins us every couple of weeks here on Inside Sports. He is presented by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty, former Edmonton Oiler, now broadcaster, Luke Gazdick. Luke, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good, Reed. Always a pleasure. How's it going out there in E-Town? Well, I'm doing pretty well, Luke. Quite a game last night, eh? (laughs) So I'll tell you, 
I, uh, so it's 9.30 out here, right? Like, we're, I'm in Toronto, and um, these Western games, I have a tough time with, man. Like, I know I stay up for Sportsnet, and I, you know, have to do that stuff, but I'm getting old. I like going to bed early. So, honestly, after that first period, I had a tweet written out, and I didn't send it. I, it's still in my drafts, I think, and I, was, I said, good thing I have inside sports with Reed Wilkins tomorrow, or else I would be in bed, or else I would be sleeping. <laughs> And you know, I, I was completely true. I watched the first period. I was like, "This is this is awful." Like they didn't look good. The San Jose was just being San Jose. They're playing for nothing, and they're they working their tails off. I've been in those games before. Like they're not they're not easy this late in the season. Um, but yeah, I was ready to shut that game off, and thank goodness I didn't because it gave us one of the most entertaining games of the year for sure. Well. Yeah, and, and a pretty entertaining game. I mean, Rob and I will often say after games, if you didn't care who won, you, you would have been thoroughly entertained, and I think that was the case. But I, I felt the Oilers sloppy defensively and, and probably to some extent sloppily, uh, sloppy offensively as well. I mean, I kind of felt, and were you just sitting there, you're just kind of waiting for the Oilers to get going most of the game? Yeah, and it's funny. The way I watch the Oilers now is I would just wait for Connor. And if Connor's not going, it generally the team is not going. And it's it just shows how important he is. And it's not like he didn't have a bad, like he didn't have a bad first period. He just wasn't, you know, he wasn't getting great A chances. And he tried a couple one-on-ones on D. And um, there was one with um, with LeBanc, one with Barbanov in the first period that he got stripped. And he just looked like he was getting frustrated. And I almost, t- I should tweet more. I almost tweeted out like, you're not watching the Oilers game turn it on now because if if Leon and Connor aren't really going early in the game it's a sign that they're just they're almost easing in they're getting their feet wet um but yeah they were just flat early not just the two big boys but everybody was and you know it's Tuesday night it's 7 30 game um they're probably still a little gassed uh fr- from from Saturday almost honestly that was that was a big game Saturday so can't blame them but uh that, that was a good ending okay so and let's start with the video reviews. Offside, and I know some people don't like it, but they, they have it in there. Offside is offside. It's usually pretty black or white. Even if it's close, you can tell. Uh, goalie interference is a little different, and it was interesting how they read the uh, – well, he didn't read it. It sounded like he was reading the rule book, but he announced the, the Hyman goal. He prevented the goalie from, from doing his job. But when you're when you're watching those, those goalie interference calls – I mean, what do you think? Are you comfortable with the way the rule is? So here's what I'm thinking about this is like Louis, Louis did a great job on the broadcast yesterday because he, the very first goal, he called it right away. So this is going to come back. This will not be, I think it was the first one. He said, this will not be a goal. That's the Hyman one. Yeah. The Hyman one. Right? Yeah. And um, it's just funny now. Cause we, we instinctively like, no, watching a play right away if it's going to be a goal or not but in saying that yeah he prevented him from maybe moving across the crease but i still don't think he's stopping that puck anyway right it, it goes up and back and over him i don't even know if he pushes across maybe it lands on his back then instead and and, and trickles down I, I still think the puck's going in the net i i don't know too specifically and detailed what they have to do with this and the exact rule all I know that as a viewer and as a former player, that's all I can speak on, is it's very annoying with these stoppages, right? Like, and it's, I'm, I know you're laughing, but like, it's like, if you're a player 
think of the emotional up and ups and downs. Look at Noah Gregor after he scored. He's from Beaumont, gets that goal, you know, gets it called back. The emotional ups and downs, the actual time that the players have to wait for some of these for for some of these challenges to go. And for me as a viewer sitting at home now, it's just like, all right, come on, like let's go. You know, and at the end of the day, you we were three for three. If you're an Oilers fan, you're happy with the way the the video is going now. Like I'm I'm pumped, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, there's got to be a better. Like, is there a better way? I, I don't know if there is, but I just know for me, it sucks. Like, it sucks to watch. It sucks to be to play. You want to get the right calls, but it just there's no flow in the game. There's four stoppages last night. There's no flow in that game. Okay, so there, there was video review when you played, and the goalie interference rule and ruling has changed a little bit over the years. But so when there is a review, what are the guys on the bench doing? Are they trying to peek at the monitor by the coach's feet, looking up at the scoreboard? What, like, what are the players doing while they're waiting for these decisions to be made? Yeah, I think I'm trying to put myself back on the bench now. And we definitely, there was, there was just talking. I'd be yelling down. Like if it was, say, Himes that scored, I would... I'd probably try to like snudge closer to him and just, but it, and you know, just ask him like, Hey, what do you think? Like, talk to me, like what, you know, what kind of happened there? And uh, for me, I wasn't turning around watching the monitors. I didn't have, we didn't ha even have those tab tablets on the bench. So I'm sure right. some guys are sneaking some tablet looks on the bench. Um, but like, I didn't, I, I was never a tablet guy. Um, heck, I barely even in between periods, guys were taking, I know I'm getting a little off this, but like guys were taking their gear off and they go straight to the monitors and dressing rooms in the, in the lounge. So we have the computers with that have the game period on them and they'll go back and watch that goal like eight times and be like, look, it was a goal or it wasn't a goal, this or that. Whereas I, I just kind of, you know, it is what it is. Like that was my mindset was, okay, he called it no goal. Can't fight it. Let's just go play. Okay. It's not a goal. Let's just go like, I just think guys get caught up a little too much in like, you know, in being in the moment and, you know, kind of just, just thinking about the past too much, you know? As a former forward, is it frustrating to see some of these goals being taken off the board? Because what do you, what is every hockey player taught when he or she is six or four or whatever they start? Get to the front of the net, right? Get to the blue paint. And then now guys are doing that and, and the goals get disallowed. Exactly. And on the flip side, James Reimer with a full CFL tackle yesterday. And so I guess the rule doesn't work both ways. He's allowed to jump out at his crease and full on body tackle Nuge. Like I was like, I was watching the TV. I'm like, okay, where's the arm? His arm's going up. Connor, Connor throws his hands up. I'm like, and then you hear Louie and Jack and you're like, did he not really, did he really just not call that right there? But yeah, it's like, you want to score net goals since you were four or since you were Till you were 24 when I was playing in Edmonton. It's like, dude, you're 6'4. Go to the front of the net. You want to score? And then now it's guys like Zach Hyman lives in front of the net. Imagine the calls Ryan Smith would have. Imagine Ryan Smith playing in these roles. Are you kidding me? Like, it's it just, it, it sucks because you kind of have to tiptoe around that and you have to tiptoe around the top of the crease now. So even if the goalie is kind of out on the top of the line, you still can't. You can't hit his blocker. You can't do anything. And as soon as your feet go inside that crease, then it, then you're done. Then if there's end up a goal and you're even in that blue paint, you know it's done. So so it's kind of disappointing. I, I I'm sure uh, I'm sure some of the guys are frustrated about it. But you just got to be a little more careful now. And it's one thing you don't want to do in hockey is be thinking too much, right? Okay, Luke Gazdick joining us in Inside Sports. 
Got to talk about Matias Ekholm. First of all, what a shot to, to tie it up, just blasting away. Uh, I, I got to say, Luke, this guy's better than I thought he would be coming over from Nashville. Glad you said that because it's funny how these markets, I had a great experience of this getting drafted in Dallas and then coming to Edmonton and seeing the difference in coverage, not just in media coverage. And they think, oh, you have 20 cameras around your locker room after. I'm just talking in, in terms of name recognition. Like now, everybody in Alberta, everyone in Canada knows who Matias Ekholm is. The sports media in Canada knows who they are. He is so freaking good. And I think he's just been like that for so long, but it's Nashville, right? You go, oh, he's unreal. He, You know, Yossi and Ekholm, and even back when Suter Weber were there, you're like, this guy's unreal. He's part of that core. But you don't really know how good he is until you get to see him every day, and you get to watch him in practice too, and you get to watch him in games. And I, I mean, I'm, I am I don't feel like I'm overhyping this guy because, you know, Stoff said it on the – broadcast last night and I don't love giving stuff credit for too much but he said I think it's looking like right now it's possibly the most impactful trade deadline acquisition and to me I don't I don't disagree with that at all he is he has been the guy that has made the most impact for the team that he's been traded for I think and you know teeing it up eight feet away from the goalie in third period and going far side cheese is just, you got some serious stones on you and, and man, he, uh, he's a player. And you know what? I saw him after the game in Toronto. I was down near the dressing room saying hi to a couple guys and I didn't say hi to him because I don't, I don't know him. I I was going to introduce myself, but I just walked by him and heck he's as big as me. Like he's, he's a big, big guy. And I did, that's one thing I didn't know about him either was, you know, how big and strong this guy is. He's a Viking for exit. Yeah, that's right. They, they call the Luke, uh, Luke, hang on. They do indeed call Matias Ekholm the, uh, the Viking Luke Gazdick joining us on inside sports. He's presented by Avalon foundation repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. Uh, we'll dive into uh, a little bit about uh, shaking hands after games with Luke when we get back. Ideas, issues, and opinions that matter from the home of talk radio in Edmonton. Topics that connect with each one of us. Shay Ganim on 630 Chad. Ron says flip side, if supply was still a mess and Alberta kids suffering, you people would be on your knees thanking the UCP. Ron, you're right, but it's not which is, I guess, the issue. Every weekday from 9 to noon, Shay Gannam on 630 Chad. Edmonton's News, today's talk. Your home should be as remarkable as you are. Ackard Contractors can help make your home a reflection of your style and personality. Whether you're looking to renovate your kitchen or flex room or need something a little bigger, like a partial home recreation or a second story and main level addition, Ackard can even help you with your new build. Plus, with their gold standard lifetime warranty, Ackard Contractors backs their workmanship for as long as you own your home. Get started today by visiting Ackard.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Want to be certain your reno goes right? Start with Pro Materials with Certainty Drywall. In fire resistant, water resistant, super durable, or soundproof and top quality insulation. Ceiling systems, premium shingles, and siding. Do it right with professional grade building materials from Certainty. Pro all the way. Value Park at Edmonton International Airport is a breeze with car-to-curb shuttle service, powered and paved stalls, and free park assist. Use promo code VALUE to save 15% for all travel by May 31st when you book at flyeia.com. If you've been injured in a car collision, let James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, protect your interests. They'll be there every step of the way to help answer your questions and help you get your life back on track. Trust Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers with their unrivaled experience, unrivaled results, and unrivaled commitment. When accidents happen, call James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, 780-428-0088, or go to jameshbrown.com. Authorized by the United Conservative Party, unitedconservative.ca. Campaign Rachel Notley wants you to forget about Premier Rachel Notley's support for the just transition. Was a just transition. Ensure a just transition. Was what we referred to as a just transition. And the just transition... The truth is that the just transition plan was part of Rachel Notley's climate leadership plan. One of the things that our climate leadership plan paid for was a just transition uh, program. Rachel Notley's NDP. We can't afford them again. Legacy Heating and Cooling is the number one furnace install company for sailors because they know the value of a warm port. And they sing there was a ship who fought the cold to sail to sea with a furnace load. She brought the heat to YEG and her name was Legacy. Through icy wind and winter squall and her fire she burned for one and all with a comfort chugging guarantee and her name was Legacy. Yep, no payments and no interest for one year on your new furnace. Don't trust just any port in a winter storm. Trust Legacy Heating and Cooling. What are you craving? Ooh, something tasty. How about something savory? Hmm, I'm thinking something affordable. During Downtown Dining Week, find whatever you're craving, especially if you're craving savings. Get multi-course brunch, lunch, and dinner menus at participating restaurants from $20 to $65. So, if you want to satisfy those cravings, you have to head downtown. Don't miss Downtown Dining Week from March 15th to 26th. To find participating restaurants and menus, head to Edmonton Downtown Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Uh, Luke Gazdick joins us every two weeks here on the show. He's presented by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. Luke, uh, with some observations on last night's game and video review and Matthias Ekholm. Luke, I want to shift gears uh, a little bit to something that happened with the U of A Golden Bears in their semifinal game against Prince Edward Island on Saturday. You know, the Bears were in control of the game. PEI was playing a, a pretty cheap game for everything I saw. G- goalie gets run. Bears goalie Ethan Kruger gets run about four and a half minutes into the third, gets punched, uh, and the Bears were unhappy. They didn't shake hands after the game. So a lot of discussion around that. I, I even had, uh, you might find this hard to believe, I-, I even had someone tell me why shake hands 
before the game? Maybe if, if teams want to show respect, shake hands before the game. Interesting about the handshake before instead of after. I like was relating it to the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I always love the handshake after just because I think in saying that, that's why it makes it so special is there's so much emotion that has gone in. You look at two guys that just battled for, you know, 12, 13 days against each other in a seven-game series and went toe-to-toe, -to -toe and now they're looking each other in the eye and shaking their shaking their hands man-to-man. -man. I, I think there's something so cathartic in that and so so beautiful in that. I know, I know that maybe sounds dumb, but, like, I just, I, I just think sportsmanship and class plays a lot into the game of hockey. And what I saw, I didn't watch the game, but what I saw from UPI in, in the clips that I did was the absolute opposite of that. And when I first heard that they didn't shake their hands, I was very taken back. And, and even with everything that had happened, and then I listened to Ian Herber speak and I saw his post-game interview and how thoughtfully he put it. And, and, and I was on U of A side immediately and Ian Herbert's side immediately. Um, he wanted to protect his players. He, uh, that's a, that's a coach right there, you know, and it's, it sucks for me. I think I, I don't know how I'm going to approach this, but I didn't have Herbie as a head coach, right? Herbie was the fourth coach on our team. So on, in the NHL, you have your head coach for us was Todd McClellan. You have your assistant coaches. One generally takes care of the forwards. One takes care of the D for us. That was Jay Woodcroft and Jim Johnson. And then you have a fourth coach who sometimes is on the bench, sometimes isn't. He does a lot of work in the sky, in the press box, so he's on the ear set. He bag skates a lot of the healthy scratches. He works on skills individually. Um, he's usually out there with the goaltending coaches. He has a very odd role, okay? So some guys just don't... Some guys don't transition well to that. You can imagine a guy like Kirby that was a player, was a head coach at U of A, likes being in control, and now he's this, like, fourth coach. So I... I had him when he was like that. So I don't want to say we didn't have a great relationship, but like I wasn't in a great place mentally. I had been scratched like 17 games in a row or something like that at the end of the season. And I was pissed off and, you know, off ice habits were not good at all. And so I didn't have a great relationship with Herbie, but he's just all class. And even just seeing that interview, just, uh, it just made me, you know, think to myself, I was like, wow, that was very well-spoken. He wants to protect his players. He wants to keep the integrity in the game of hockey. He even said, this isn't the 80s, right? Like, you know, we're not, you know, there's glass on the stands and like people aren't throwing beers at you and there's not bench clearing brawls. Like have a little class, have a little integrity. So I agreed with his decision and uh, it sucks they couldn't close that out on the Sunday. They lost, uh, they lost there to New Brunswick, you said, right? New Brunswick in the final, yeah. Tough they couldn't uh, tough they couldn't bring it home, but applaud uh, Ian Herbert's first decision and some really really crappy stuff from from UPI. Well, and I guess maybe people just have to ask themselves what bothers them more: the Bears not shaking hands or PI running the goalie, and then the guy barehanded punching the goalie. I mean, what what bothers you more, right? I should be the one biased that's saying like, oh, what a bunch of softies they didn't want. I'm, I'm like the ex-tough guy. They didn't want to shake our hands just because we played tough. But like, if I'm Herbie, I'm like, you know what? I, we don't ever have to play you guys again. You guys are done. See ya. Like, I, I don't want anything to do with you. So I don't mind it at all. Okay, Luke, really appreciate it. As always, this was an absolute pleasure. We will uh, talk again in a couple weeks, really close to playoff time, man. We'll talk to you then. Yeah, it is exciting, man. We're uh, down the home stretch here, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Luke. Luke Gazdick checking in tonight.
former Edmonton Oiler, loved his time here in Edmonton. Great to have him as a regular here on Inside Sports. And uh, my goodness, it, it is March 21st. Talking about playoffs. Playoffs? The Oilers' final regular season game is April 13th. So uh, probably a month from today could be game three of a series or we could be uh, between games two and three in the Oilers' first round. Nice to think about, isn't it? Okay, we will have more on that U of A story with the captain of the team, Matt Fontaine, coming up. More on the Oilers and a great cup champion brings the cup home to west of Edmonton. The early bird deadline in the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation Mike DeMillion's Lottery is Friday, April 14th. You could spend six nights on a private island at the Brando Resort and drive away in a Range Rover Velar or choose your own adventure with 150 grand. Plus, be in to win the $2.7 million grand prize. Don't miss out. Early bird deadline is Friday, April 14th. Be mighty. Buy now at MikeDeMillion'sLottery.com. Another neighbor just got a new air conditioner installed by Romanuk. It's going to be another hot summer. Call Romanuk 